this is my first episode of my new series, which I think I'm going to call Why Bother? But um, we'll see when this comes out, what I actually call it. And I'm very pleased to say I've got my cousin, Eric Bosano Prescott, with me. He's actually here on holiday. He's come to see me, as he does every year, which is really great. He lives in Denmark. So our dads were brothers. And his dad ended up marrying a Dane and living in Denmark. So I have a whole bunch of family in Denmark, in Copenhagen and around, which is always nice for holidays, etc. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so Eric, welcome to um, On the Sofa with Rouge. You're not quite on the sofa. Thanks. But the whole point of this podcast is to, to talk about people's journeys to success I didn't want to call it the journey to success because I thought that would be a bit boring. So why bother is quite a fun, fun name. And um, Eric thought of it. So I thought it would be quite fitting to have him. So he is a young man, 56. Am I allowed to say that? You are. <laughs> <laughs> Good. And um, yeah, and you, you're a successful man. I mean, you've always been successful. You, you, you started off as an engineer. Um, but you've yeah. built your company to to um, a, a big size now in, in Copenhagen where you're employing quite a lot of people and what you're doing is kind of very forward thinking. You're, uh, you work with architects. So I just, I just want to know all about, well, I'm sure other people want to know how you started. So let's start at the beginning. You were born in Copenhagen. I was, yes. So growing up in growing up in Copenhagen, I mean, I remember going to visit you. I was four years old, and I was like the pain in the backside little cousin that yes. kept hanging around you and your friend Pierre. Yes, I remember your friend Pierre. Yes. So yeah, what was it like? Well, I, um, it was great. I really uh, enjoyed my childhood. Um, I had this friend Pierre, who was two years older than me, and uh, he lived uh, in uh, the same street as me, and uh, he. Um, his father was an alcoholic. Oh uh, my gosh! Yes, and he had his home was uh, not functioning. He only had his father. His mother had left, uh, abandoned him. That's and so he sad. Was I never knew in, that. In essentially, he was my brother. He was always with us. He went to us. He came every day. I would wait for him. Um, he 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 was uh, forced to go to this after school activity because his father didn't want him to be. <laughs> uh, at home, um, his father rarely had job. He had odd jobs, uh, so I would wait. Then Pierre would come home, and then we would be together. He would be with us. He would uh, eat meals at us. So he was That's like amazing. a brother. Yeah, uh, and he was my like my rock when I was a child because I didn't uh, I didn't have many friends in school. Oh, why uh, was that? Uh, I was probably considered to be a bit uh, odd. I was. Um, <laughs> you admit it? No, but I, I, like, I, I think I'm quite normal. But yeah, I, I think was, you're quite I normal. Was, I was, I was bright. Yeah. And I would, I didn't uh, try to hide it, uh, and that was a problem because, to be fair, they weren't so bright. The kids in my. That's I mean, interesting. It was kind of a the neighborhood. Um, the, the the neighborhood where I went to school it was like very different. We came from a house, and they came from that this complex where there were families with a lot of, 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 of problems, yeah, not so many resources, and okay. uh, so it was like a really a, a different uh, environment for me. Okay, which learned me a lot um, to see that that there are many ways to live your life, and uh, not everything is easy. So you probably learned quite a lot there. Yes, I learned a lot about uh, yeah. Uh, 
how it is to to struggle, how it is for people to struggle. Because although you didn't have that problem, but I you were seeing no, it all around you. I was you. seeing it. Yeah, I came from a yeah. We, we everything was working in our home. So why did you decide to become an engineer? I mean, your father was an engineer. Yes, and I always said I'm never going to become an engineer. <laughs> I'm not going to be like my father. Yeah. I had no interest in that. So I wanted to be uh, actually I wanted to be um, a doctor. Did you? Yes. Of medicine because my, as you know, my mm. sister, my older sister is a yes. doctor. And uh, um, when I was trying to decide what to become, I went, she had started uh, studying medicine in Copenhagen. And I, I went to, uh, I heard about the, the environment. We went one to, uh, to one of the parties where her boyfriend, now her husband, was, was playing in a band. I thought this is just a great place to study. And I thought, so I really studied hard because it's, it's hard to get into to the medicine uh, program. Um, the, I don't know what it's called, the School of Medicine. Yeah, School of Medicine. Um, and uh, so you had to have like really high grades. So I really, I really did my best in uh, in high school, where you, three years of high school in Denmark to 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 pass. Uh, yeah, a bit like the A level system here in Jib. Yes. Or in England. Yeah. So, um, so I got the, the the grades I needed, but I thought I'm going to take a sabbatical because, uh, yeah, I needed. Yeah, I'd you know, some kids. Yeah, yeah, do. I needed to to be uh, hungry for more studying. I'd had enough. I'd, I'd been like 13 years in the school system, and I needed to to decide for myself what to do on a normal day. Yeah. So I had a year so, where I just had. So jobs. what did you do? Well, I did you I live had, at home? You lived at home. I think I had like twenty-five different jobs. <laughs> I really tried a lot of Which jobs. Which also helped you to become the person that you are today and yeah, guide I, this company into success. Well, I mean, these jobs were. I, I was the guy sweeping the floor. I was. Yeah. I wasn't uh, in charge of anything. Um, but I, I saw a lot of jobs and I saw a lot of ways to live. And also, this gave me also an insight in how it is to be. Uh, to not have an education and to I, some of my colleagues, you could see that they were, I mean, they weren't on the road to, to anywhere. They yeah. were just, this was their life. Yeah. So it got me kind of, yeah, uh, I, I saw how uh, how, how uh, people were, were living. Now, when I say struggling, it's not really true because in Denmark we have like a, a social security in Denmark is really good. So, I mean, uh, you get a lot of the benefits, you get a lot of programs to support uh, support you in many ways. So it's, it's like when people are struggling in Denmark. It's, it's not like real It's not like, struggling. no, it's not. It's just uh, less than others. Okay. So, uh, but then, um, then actually what happened was that my father... Uh, one day he had an accident. Uh, he got a, a branch in his eye. He got a really bad oh. accident on his on his eye. And we went to hospital, and we were in the emergency room. And I looked around and I saw all this misery, and I thought, "This is not for me. I don't want to be here. I I don't want to. I mean, I would like to study medicine, but I don't want to practice it. I wouldn't mm. like to be in this room, being responsible for this and living with this every day. I I I I think I'm not going to do. Uh, yeah. So well, I. Yeah. I thought this is not for me, so, so now I didn't know what to do. <laughs> Dear. So I, I was in limbo for some for, for quite some time, and then a friend of mine, he started studying engineering because my father had persuaded actually him. my father encouraged my best friend uh, Jan. Uh, uh, he encouraged him to um, to uh, to study uh, mm. engineering. And I thought, well, go ahead, knock yourself out. I didn't pay any attention, but then I then I heard how he was enjoying his uh, his mm. life uh, as a student, and I thought, well, this, 
This sounds really nice. And I, to be honest, I didn't really consider what I would, what I would do as an engineer. I just, yeah. cons- I just took the next different. step. Your father was, a, uh, because he used to teach in the university at Copenhagen, didn't yes, he? Yes, yes. But teach, but mostly um, he had the responsibility for for um, for an area where they also did a lot of practical things. So it was it wasn't like a professor teaching; uh, it was like helping them uh, performing uh, studies, where okay. which involved like a lot work, of tech, like lab, lab work. work. But like la- the lab like was really big, and it yeah. was uh, a lot of mm. uh, it was about well hydraulics really. Okay. So it's a lot about a big a big tank full of with a wave machine and wow. yeah lots of a uh, big stuff. Did he did he get to teach you? Uh, no, oh. well, sort he helped me. I had a really I had a hard time in hydraulics. Uh, <laughs> sure. Yes, it was really uh, difficult. I, I I I struggled to understand what it what was. I mean the principles of hydraulics. I really. To be hmm. honest, I didn't really understand it. No. So he uh, took took me and and one of my friends. We went. Well, uh, my friend Jakob. Also, to be fair, he's also my best friend. I've got a lot of best friends. <laughs> <laughs> he's still your best friend now. Jakob, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sure. Uh, and uh, we went over there, and my father told, uh, showed us hydraulics mm. in practice, where where you see waves, you see the things. Uh, I mean, instead of just being text in a book, you actually saw the things, and that was so helpful. Yeah. So, but to go back to um, I, this, my, Jörn, he uh, he was, uh, you would say, George, in uh, the Danish version of George. Okay. Um, he would, uh, well, he was so uh, positive about his experience. And for me, I always, and this is, my, was, this was uh, one of the things in my life, I've never had a plan. But I always took the next step. So you were telling me about your, your friend, um, Jacob. No, George. Uh, yeah, that was it. Let's call him George. We'll call him George. Yeah. Uh, yes. Well, he. Uh, well, actually, I thought yes, I'm going to go for this. Uh, yeah. So, um, so I applied, and there's this. I had this funny thing that that I wasn't quite sure. So I, uh, you have like a coordinated when when you want to uh, to 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 study. You, it's kind of a central thing. So you don't apply at the uh, engineering uh, academy. You okay. apply at a central place and you can apply for like four, five, six different places. Okay. Within the same university? No, in Denmark. Oh, in Denmark? The whole yes, of... it's a, it's a coordinated thing. So you could so have I, gone to study anywhere? Yeah, I could. I actually, I had the grades to study. I in mean, any of them? More or less anything. But, um, and then I thought that psychology had always interested me. So I thought, ah, psychology. But I mean, I really took the choice because I, I, I went engineering first and psychology as a second priority. But I mean, engineering, it, it took like a grade of, uh, in Denmark, we have a, at, at those days, we had a, a point system from, yeah, like zero to 13. And uh, you needed um, you needed about uh, nine and a half, 10 to go to medicine. I had 10.3. Uh, okay. So that's a pretty good uh, score. I mean, it could, and you but engineering, it. you needed a, a grade of six or something. I mean, literally, I mean, anybody could go to engineering <laughs> because it wasn't popular. Okay. And uh, nobody wanted to be an engineer. Okay. And, and so, uh, but so I put engineering it? at first priority. So really, I made my choice. I mean, yeah. I, it you was mean? only. I told people, yeah, well, in, if the engineering academy burns down tomorrow, then I'll go study psychology. Psychology. But and it didn't. And it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so. So you became an engineer. So how how many years do you have to study to become an engineer? Well, uh, it it takes three and a half years, uh, it, but it's a very compressed study. Like you have three weeks of holiday in the summer. Three wow. weeks. 
Where Here you have three months. <laughs> I know, and if you get went to it, this was the the Danish Engineering Academy. Actually, my my father was in the Civil Engineering Academy. It's in the same campus. It's just, but he recommended going to the Engineering Academy because it was. Uh, they they had like classes. You were in a class. They had a social thing going. They had parties. So all, all <laughs> round, it would be like a more general education. It, it was general education, yeah, but compressed. But fun as yeah, well. So so mm. essentially, what you learned in the five years in uh, in in the um, in the civil engineering school in the, in the academy, you learned it in three and a half years. And it was too compressed for me because I, I, I got my own flat. I needed to earn some money yeah. and I just couldn't. Uh, <clears throat> so I had to take another half year. So I, it took me four years to, okay. to complete That's my right. studies. And, yeah. you, and you enjoyed it very much? I really enjoyed it. Yes, <clears throat> I did. Um, it was like uh, I, uh, we were the dynamic duo, me and Jakob. We, we had all the classes together. We had so much fun. And at the same time, we were ambitious. We did our best mm. all the time. Um, no, none of us knew what we were going to do afterwards. Mm, did you do a master's afterwards? No, no. You didn't? I No, I considered it, but, well, event, it just didn't, didn't did, happen. Uh, become real. What happened was also that we had, there was a kind of a student council, you could say. Mm. They had different kinds of, 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 of uh, we went into, Jakob and I, we went into the, the, there was a council where you had real influence and you would sit at the board and decide, really, you were heard and, and had a lot of influence. We, we were the only students who went into that board. Um, and um, we also became student counselors. This was not a paid job, but you got an office. Yeah, yeah you became like mentors to other, to other students. No, not me. Well, advisors, it, it meant that if they were in doubt about anything uh, um, st- study-wise, they could come to us uh, uh, like... At one point, yeah. some some, and they could come with their com- petty complaints too. But at one point, there were the uh, some students came. Uh, mind you, at, at this point, we're like twenty one, twenty two, and some students came to us and says, "We want to complain." There's a there's a teacher. Uh, he treats us like children, and we said, "Well, since you are coming here instead of talking to him, you must be children." <laughs> so we, okay. that was kind of our uh, your, yeah, your we, philosophy, your way we of dealing with we people. Not, yeah, we weren't. Uh, but but the thing is that uh, being uh, in these uh, bodies, I, I got into contact with a lot of the the teachers, right. the professors. Right. I got to know them a, mm. a little bit better. They got and they got to know us. And um, and then one day, I mean, like um, two months before I graduated. One of these guys from from uh, a professor in in uh, uh, surveying, mm-hmm. um, he came and said, um, "My father-in-law, he is uh, he's an engineer in Tivoli, and he needs a new a young, uh, uh, you could call it a princess. Mm. Uh, he needs an engineer." Fantastic. Uh, do you know anybody? And I said, uh, you're yes, looking at him. Yes. And Tivoli, for those who don't know, is like a fun fair in Copenhagen, which is brilliant. Um, and yeah, it's just all the rides and it's just a yeah. fun place to work with lots of young people. What yeah. a great job. It was really a great job. But the thing was this, I did, I, I hadn't applied anywhere. I hadn't thought of anything. I went to, well, I went to, uh, I had an engineering practice, uh, three months in London. I worked with uh, a company there. And how, it, how did you get that job? Just by, by by contacting uh, it was engineering com- companies in London. Yes, it was a company called Christiani Nielsen. They don't exist anymore. And my father used to work for them when oh, he okay, came okay. To, to Denmark. Right. Uh, but I, yeah, I just contacted them and they gave me this. I kind of knew I didn't want to be a contractor. 
because mm. I, uh, yeah, it, yeah. So, but I didn't really know what to do. Well, but, but this but is a good here starting. came an opportunity yeah, in my life. Sure, sure. I thought, well, why, yeah, why, why not? not do try this? Yeah. So I, I, um, so I was very excited. I was going to this t job interview. Turns out my boss, he was at that point seventy-seven. <laughs> he was a pen. He he had he had a pension. <laughs> he would work every day from. <laughs> 10, he would come in at 10 o'clock, open his paper, have a cup of coffee, have a banana, which I <laughs> thought was quite funny. And uh, then he would, you know, I could ask him questions. He had so much experience. He, he knew so much. I did all the work and he was like my mentor. And he was like, uh, in those days, you couldn't Google things. So no. he was my Google. Your Google. I would come to him and he would tell me what's what and so how he, to do things. He formed yeah. you a bit. He formed you a bit of your... Well, he gave me so much responsibility. But yeah. the funny thing was the job interview, I was preparing what I would say. And he just came in and says, you're Eric. Yeah, yeah, Mick. When can you start? <laughs> and I was like, I can start. I'm, I graduate on the th on the 30th of, of, of uh, June. So I can start on the 1st of July. Well, you do that. Oh gosh! I, I, but I, I'm now. I, I later on I understood that it was of course because this professor has, had told him all about me, and he didn't need to know anymore. Okay. So I was hired on the spot. Fantastic. But that was my first job interview. It went very well. Wow. <laughs> Architects and Engineers was founded 21 years ago in Copenhagen by three civil engineers and an architect. They believed that you could build a company on this principle, that there should be no difference between what you think, what you say and what you do. They have applied this principle to customers, employees, business partners and stakeholders since then. Since the 1980s, the City Council of Copenhagen has had a policy of renovating and modernizing buildings rather than replacing them with new buildings. This makes Copenhagen a quaint city where you can sense their heritage and history in the streets, much like in Gibraltar's old town. Sustainability is the word of the day. It turns out that keeping your old building in shape is more sustainable and environmental than spending a lot of resources in tearing down to build a new building. At A4 Architects and Engineers, they specialize in renovating century-old buildings with focus on using materials and methods of high quality and durability. They take responsibility for creating an atmosphere of trust and commitment between all stakeholders in a renovation project. Are you one of the owners of a housing estate in the Greater Copenhagen area or in Gibraltar? Would you like your estate to be renovated in a sustainable way with quality materials? Then head over to www.a4.dk to see what we have to offer. A4 architects and engineers, experts in renovating housing estates in Copenhagen. So what was it like working at Tivoli? It was, um, it was really challenging because... Um, what did you actually do? I did construction, so that's calculating, designing and calculating all the, the what do you call it, the, the load-bearing. Uh, I mean, anything that bears a load, I had to, to, to check that it was uh, all right, that it had mm. the right dimensions. I, I, mean, I, remember, I remember going to Tivoli when we went to see you. I can't remember how long ago it was, about eight years or something. And you were very proud because you said, I designed this yes, ride. Yes, yes. <laughs> One of the rides, which is still going now. Yes, I, but mind you, I was 24 years when I started. And uh, he, I was the only engineer, uh, and I was placed in in, in an office uh, with um, a lot of architects. And um, first of all, what I liked was that they had been used to that there was a conflict between engineers and architect. 
architects that it was kind of a, a kind of a negotiation um, that the engineer would say uh, uh, the, the, the architect would come in and with a beam that was like uh, five centimeters and the engineer would say no you have to make it 30 and they would compromise on on 18 or something like that <laughs> that was yeah. it and I was like look I would never t- and but with me I always I always try to understand what are you trying to achieve I want to support what you're trying to achieve can mm. I help you mm. so they were like I was a very different engineer from what the, from what they'd been used to um so so and I got an enormous responsibility. Um, it just one example was that in in uh, in '93 uh, we had a, it was a ju- it was a jubilee I think 150 years uh, mm. jubilee is a very old uh, garden um, with entertainments uh, you know rides and, mm. and and buildings and all and we were using I mean a lot of money we were using like uh, um, probably 15 million uh, pounds. Uh, building for 50 million pounds Oof. and all that essentially all that went through our little uh, um, office yeah and is, I was is involved this government in, funded no no it's no, a private, private it's business private. it's okay. private uh, so um, and it was really stressed and we we usually I mean the normal procedure is you make a design you you make all the calculations you send them to the city council they have an engineer he he goes through it he, he you know checks that everything's all right and you get an approval and then you build but in Tivoli, they didn't have time because when we had a, a winter break, so in September, they, they, they closed the garden and then um, then they start building. But they don't really know if they've got the funding or not because that depends on how many how much money they've, they've earned and, uh, in, in, the, the year. In, the, in the year. So the, the gardens do close for a certain amount of time? Back, back then they did. Oh, back, now yeah. they are more or less open all the time. But back mm. then there was a winter break. So, uh, so we. St- I mean, I, literally, people were leaving the ride, and the the bulldozers were coming in the same evening, breaking things down. And I was drawing as they were start. They were. They knew they were going to build something. So they didn't, they, they didn't know what because we were Crazy. designing what were they going to. So I mean, once I remember, literally, a drawing was yanked out of my hand by a construct uh, by the 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 contractor, the, the guys were working with the concrete, because they said. The concrete truck is here now. We need the drawing. We need to know how to. I mean, this yeah, this we this concrete will, will in three hours. This concrete will set. We need to know exactly what. So and, did, we, and did it work? Oh yeah, it worked. Oh my god, just as well. It worked, but I I was a bit bothered. We had a very big um, a building we needed to build, and it involved seventy concrete trucks they had to make like a police escort and and to 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 pump <laughs> to this is in. an awful lot of concrete yeah 70 and trucks 70 trucks with, with six cubic uh, meters of of concrete in each it's a lot wow. of concrete i mean um mm. and um as they started pouring uh, this contract said i hope you know what you're doing eric <laughs> Uh, and, and I was 27. Incredible. And I was the only one who knew if this, I mean, I had made a lot of calculations uh, and designed all the concrete structures and nobody had checked it. Nobody yeah. had checked it. And though today that would never happen. And yeah. it's, it, I mean, and it's, it's worked. Obviously it's still it worked, but it, it, I, I think I got used to taking a lot of responsibility mm, and, young, and not, mm. not stressing. Hmm. But just uh, doing my best and 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 going to sleep every night, knowing that I did my best, uh, hmm. I checked as much as I could. I, I did my absolute best. So then, in ninety ninety three, they they I mean they blew all their money. Uh, so in ninety four, Tivoli, Tivoli. I mean that you they really spent a lot of money. So it, we had a great fun in that season. 
but then the next season they uh, they said they told me that well my boss said you might start looking for another job because I'm not sure they can give me enough work so that I can pay you I was not mm. was I wasn't hired directly by Tivoli but through I was like a consultant on, mm. on the spot on, on site um how old how long were you there Tivoli? I was there for four years okay um but then first of all they they uh, they couldn't guarantee he couldn't guarantee me my job Yeah. So he said, "I think you should start looking for another job because yeah. you might we we might be in a situation where I can't pay you your your wages, yeah, which um, is about right. No, after four years. Well, um, you but the other, stay? I really liked. I yeah. really liked it. Yes, you, you have to imagine it's artists. It's I mean it's famous people coming in. In our in our little office, you have people you you know from TV. They they come in and the atmosphere there. It was <clears> artists. Sometimes they would get." Well, I can say it's many years ago. They would get drunk uh, at a lunch and they would go in and continue working. I would have to go home because I thought this is... If I had been drinking, I would go home because I thought I'm not going to do calculations while I'm drunk. Well, yeah. But they would go in, they were doing, you know, artsy stuff. They could just yeah. carry on. So it was really uh, great. But um, I could see that from now on, there would be a lot of years where it was just it would be maintenance work. It wouldn't be big projects. And I mm. really... I mean, after you've done this, pro it's, it was really fun. So... Um, so yeah, I started looking for another job, and then then I um, I, I got a job in in this um, place where I was for, for eight years doing what I do now. Okay, at another at another engineering. Another well, architects. I, engineers and architects, you could say, okay. but they what? But but what they did was what was um, renovating um, housing estates in 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 the center of Copenhagen, uh, and I started there, and uh, yeah, it was. I quickly, I yeah, I became a success. I was really good at. I was supposed to be the 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 assistant to one to one of the owners, mm. uh, and um, but soon I just I Took did my over. own thing. Yeah, and he was. I was really. And he, he was said, happy with you. He's, he with a, with a with a with a you know with a smile. He said, "You're you're a rotten assistant <laughs> because you've got so much going on. Like I mean, you've got so much going on 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 your own that you're not really assisting me." So he got a new assistant. And he let you do what you wanted so to do. So I could just manage a project, pro manage projects on my own. And, and you yeah. realized that this was something that you enjoyed as well—the whole buildings, renovating. Yes, I enjoyed the process. Actually, I mean, the 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 the, the, the I enjoyed um, you know doing things from from the beginning to the end. And the same in Tivoli. I I I found out that I don't like being like just a, a little wheel in the machine. Mm. Uh, you like to lead the machine. Well, not lead it, but I like to be part of all the the. I like to be part of all of the process. I, mm. I really in those days I didn't decide much, but I I took a project from it was brand new. I mean, just the when the idea was there and, and and until the very end, and I did all the parts of the project, talking to tenants, talking mm. to everybody, contractors, carpenters. Probably yeah. makes you a fantastic manager now. Because well, I think you because had all I, that experience. Yes, yes. I would well, never ask somebody <clears throat> to do something uh, that I knew myself it wasn't comfortable. It wasn't. Mm. I, I mean, I know I've I've done the 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 the, the work myself. So yeah. So tell me about A4 Architects and Engineers. How did that start? Well, it started because we became we were four guys who became part owners of this company. Uh, it's called yeah Peter Yang. Let's call it Peter, um, and uh, he. Um, Peter, he asked us if we, we, the four of us, we were like uh, good employees. He said, "I would like you to become owners of the company. I, I will, uh, I will um, sell you 25% of the company 
to, for the, to also you, for you to split. Mm, mm. So I kind of had I don't know what that is six yeah, well, percent of the company. Yeah. And then but then later they said no. We, now we want to sell you all of the company. We want to s- stop working and we want, yeah. and well then we started. Look, then suddenly the four of us had to to think about. But running a company, what does that imply? Mm. Um, and so, but when then we reached out to a lot of people in our in our network to to kind of because we thought now we're going to run a company. What does that? <clears throat> you need uh, some help with all. We that. need to know yeah. what's what. I, I I never saw a company. I never really knew the details of running a company. So in fact, my the mother of my children, Lotte, her uncle was a very uh, very. Uh, he started a bank in Denmark, and uh, he was like one of our advisors. I, I would say the central advisor who who told us how to. Uh, I mean, all the things you have to do, it's a lot of work. We mm. would we would have, like, lessons. We would meet with him on Sundays. Yeah, because you had Sundays. no idea. No, and he would tell and us. And employing people have to and all the rest. Well, the most important thing was to know what's your concept. What is What are you going to do? What mm. are you not going to do? Who mm. are you going to do it for? How are you going to do it? What are going to be your values? What are mm. You have to really, and if you do a lot of homework, you can actually start a company in a very professional way. So we, we it took us a year. So we were actually working undercover, wow. more or less the, working in the company, but knowing that we would start our own company. For a whole year? For more or less the, a year, yeah. Less than the four year. of you? The four Are of us. Are you still together? Uh, no, I'm the only one left. Really? Yes. The, 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 um, well, first uh, uh, one, he, uh, he, yeah, he left the company um, after th- three years um, due to personal problems yeah. uh, and illness. The next one he left because we re- didn't really agree where where the company was going. So he mm. started his own company, which is doing well, thank God. So he has his own thing. And the mm. last one, he he retired. Uh, he retired actually <clears throat> last two months ago. So how do you run this company, and what is the secret to your success? I think the secret is uh, that um, that there is um, what what you what you think, what you say, and what you do they match because I, I see a lot of companies, including the one I was in back then, uh, the, the ownership says one, thinks one thing, says another thing and does a third thing. And it's, um, you have to be honest. I mean, um, if, if the goal for the company is to make a lot of money, say we want to make a lot of money, don't say I really care for you, I care for the environment and you, well, what you can really see is yes, but you care mostly for making a lot of money. You have to be honest. Now we don't care for me. We want to make a lot of money, but we want we have this saying that we want to have fun and make money. We don't want to have so much fun that we don't make money, mm. uh, but we don't want to make so much money that we yeah, don't you have need fun. A ba- you need a balance. At this balance, we always have it, and always uh, so trust and um, that also means never micromanaging people and also seeing them as whole persons. Um, that, Are you involved that, in the interviews when... when? Oh, yes. Always. Always. Yes. I mean, it's not that many. We're 15 people. Okay. Six, 15, 16, 17, uh, uh, give or take. So um, so it's not that many people. And mm-hmm. I also... I'm, I, 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 I don't have any middle management. I, I'm, I like to be... Um, to have a contact with everyone in the company and, and support them. And mm-hmm. I... So... Are you able to delegate? Uh, yes, I'm. I'm improving. I, I, <laughs> you see, I'd find that hard to yes, believe. Yes, I. I was on this uh, course. Um, there was this course. It was a year course where they took a lot of some CEOs, forty CEOs from different companies, uh, went on this uh, um, 
Yeah, like a business it was a course, but it was, yeah, but you had it, mindset, it was like, mindset, and everything. It was uh, really about how to run a company in a good way, and it mm. was supported by the Danish government because they found out that once you had gone through this, these companies that went <clears> through <throat> this, they they had a tendency to hire more people, they had a tendency to grow. So they thought this is a good investment for, to to do this, um, and that's why I learned to delegate, and I learned a lot of stuff, and also I learned that I'm actually pretty good at my job because I saw and. The thing is, I've I've been the the leader of this company for twenty years, and I don't really have anybody to to take uh, over from you. No, but to talk to about, am I oh. doing this right? Uh, you do, would, you would just there be you just take way? the decisions and well, <clears throat> a day to day, yes. Do you we make... have a board, so mm. so we meet every two or three months, and but we didn't have that back then. Mm. Five years ago, we got a, a board. We have a chairman. This has helped me a lot because he he structures everything and uh, and we are better at ma- being effective. But, have uh, you ever yeah. made a bad decision? Um, Hard to admit. No, I I nothing nothing comes to mind really. No, I don't okay. think so. Not really. Okay. Uh, no. So where are you going to with this business? Well, I mean, um, are you going to carry on? I'm going to carry on because I really love going to work. But one of the latest things we did was that we we um, had some uh, measures, efficiency measures, so people had to work in a different way. We're like, I took focus. Mm. We one day, one one hour every day, you have to shut everything down, put mm. on some some earphones, and work for one hour, not looking at anything, not being disturbed. Everybody does that at at the same time. Uh, and also different other things. And if everybody was willing to do that, we would give them off uh, every, every the last Friday every month. They have a day off. Wow. Um, so so trying to kind of so I always try to 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 find a way to motivate people yeah. and to t- that things have to make sense. Yeah. I, I wanted for people to to I mean. It's a we, good place to work. It has to be a good place to work and you, uh, and without being naive. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. not like uh, somebody would ask, yeah, could we have some guys to come and massage us every Friday? I'm thinking, <laughs> no, I, I don't see the I don't see the value. But um, but other stuff where I can see that this, yes, this could mm. be this could be helpful. So your your employees are um, very important to you. And they are an integral part of the success of your business. But I, but I mean, I, <clears> I know <throat> that without them, we wouldn't have any success. I mean, I'm, mm. I'm just, uh, yeah. They are um, they are central. Without having good employees, mm. we would get nowhere. So yep. um, I, I I spend my time trying to get get them the opportunity to become better. They they say when well, I've always heard that it's it's very difficult when you're a manager to manage people. Um, it's one of the hardest things. All the different characters and the. Do you have that? You don't have that problem. Uh, yes, sometimes I'm I'm much better at it now. But 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 uh, back in the day, I would be uh, best at managing people that were that were much like myself. Yeah. But I've become much better at appreciating people that are very different from 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 me and have other characteristics. Mm. But uh, to appreciate the good things they do, and I also um, I also make a point of um, you know. Sometimes people will, I call you would look at a colleague and say, "Why is he here? What's his value?" And so mm. I really try to to, to make a that. point of, of mm. making people see the value mm. of the colleague. They could be very different, but this guy is he has a sense of he has a t- attention attention to details. For instance, some guy would be very good at making decisions. You yeah. can't be everything, but nope. seeing that we need we need different characters in the company <clears> in order to be a success if we work together. Is the environment a big factor in what you do? 
and sustainability it's becoming more, not really it's becoming more and more but not really okay. uh, often uh, we are the ones driving the the customers don't really demand a lot of sustainability okay, but we try to kind of sneak it into Denmark the projects. is quite a progressive forward-thinking country yeah but they the also have bills to pay <laughs> okay. these are private projects <clears throat> yeah, so this yeah, is course, just uh, it could be you and yeah. me deciding do we want to mm. do this which is normal mm. or do we want to do this which is 20% deeper uh, mm, more, more expensive, expensive which mm. is more more environmental friendly and uh, we often see that well they, they 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 go for the they don't want to pay Sometimes more it, yeah for it necessarily no. it's been really great too because i know a lot about you obviously um but it's been really good to hear all this because it's a lot of stuff i didn't know and i think other people will find it super interesting i hope Yeah, yeah, for sure. Eric, um if you were on a desert island and you just had like one person that you could be with, who would you choose? Well, it's very easy because it would be my best friend, uh, which is my <laughs> <Jacob>. wife. <laughs> Not Jakob, no. sorry Jakob. No, it would be it would be my wife Susanne because oh. uh, I just enjoy spending time with her. Uh, so yes, I never get enough of her company. Oh. Well, it's been really nice to chat. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on Thank the you for inviting on my me. nice comfy chairs, not the sofa, but anyway. You've been listening to series 3 of my podcast, which is called Why Bother. It's a question I've often asked myself and I'm sure you have too, and I wanted to speak to people about their journeys to success, why they've bothered. Thanks must go to my producer Charlie Hurst for putting this podcast together. Catch him at soundunit.co.uk. And a big thank you too to artist Beatrice Garcia for designing the podcast icon. Her website is beatricegarcia.com. Thank you for listening and please like and rate the show. And should you want to get in touch, my email is rougechip at gmail.com.